Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Jamie Morton was working behind the scenes of British television when his father emailed him a link under the name Rocky Flintstone, a link that revealed an erotic novel actually written by Morton's father. A horribly written novel at that. And more where that came from. Morton and his good friends James Cooper and Alice Levine decided to read and gab about this book, chapter by chapter, in a podcast called My Dad Wrote a Porno. The podcast has spawned more than 160 million downloads, global tours, celebrity fans the likes of Elijah Wood, Dame Emma Thompson, Daisy Ridley, and more, and now an HBO special. The trio sat down with me in New York City to talk all about their move in front of the cameras, so let's get to it! I was working on The Apprentice. Were you? The British version of The Apprentice at the time, yeah. I can't even remember. Uh, who, was the, who was the person they were... We have um, Lord, Lord Sugar. He's done it the whole time. Oh, he's always done it. He's yeah, he is. They can't get rid of him. He mm. will keep coming back uh, until he becomes Prime Minister. Right. Much like... That's how it works. gentleman. And yeah, I can't remember. Probably The Apprentice or X yeah, Factor or something like that. Yeah. A TV show at the time. I can't <laughs> remember. You. But yeah, TV stuff, basically. Okay. We're all kind of London media types, as Rocky calls it. But you guys were behind the scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah very much yeah. so. Still on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that you can say that anymore. Apart from the HBO When you're on an HBO special, that's very yeah. in the scene. Very public, isn't it? Yeah. I'm getting that. So, that's why I wanted to go back to what you were doing then. Because yeah. you were behind the scenes, working in television... You see the email. Yeah. Did you figure out right away it was your dad? Yeah, he told me that he was going to send me a book. I, I, I knew that he was writing a novel. Okay. Um, I didn't know what it was about. Uh, I didn't know that it was porn. I, I just naively thought it would be about, like, pirates or... Like a Robinson Crusoe thing, so. Um, and then when I kind of opened it, I, it very clearly, uh, very, very, very quickly, you realise that it's pornography because I think she's getting naked in the first sentence. Yeah, she it? takes yeah. the blouse off. And I was like, Dad, this is not okay, this is not normal, come on now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of. I had this debate in my head. I remember, I remember being sat at my laptop being like, I can either continue reading this or I can just pretend it's never happened. And something, I don't know, my curiosity got the better of me. I was like, fuck, I'm just going to read it. What's the worst that can happen? Can't be that bad. Turns out it was worse than I could ever have imagined. Um, But then I also realised it was like the best, worst book ever. So I called these two up. Who did you call first? Um, It was on a... We were going to the pub, weren't we, anyway? Well, yes, possibly. And so you were like, no, we have to get there early. I've got something that I need to... I just put it in like the WhatsApp group, and I was like, our oh, friendship one, and guys, mm-hmm. we need to talk. Um, and yeah. Were there more people than just you three in the group? Uh, in the there were, there was actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, two of other... We all get together. It was around Christmas time, actually, and we all get together every Christmas for a bit of a Christmas dinner. Uh, and it's normally it's nice but nothing, nothing kind of comes of it mm-hmm. this time it was oh, quite a uh, seismic event a big evening yeah. um, so yeah. how many people were at that dinner there were five of us yeah, yeah. Um, two of them haven't made it to the show <laughs> uh, five was too many on it's Mike. like American Idol there's been a bit of a uh, an audition process well, well subs though it's like 
needs to decide that the porn gets too much. Yeah. Well, when you when you met for that dinner, though, mm. did you already have an idea that you wanted to do something? No, no way. No, because initially I just was. Like, I have to get this off my... Ch- I have to share this with, right. like, my mates. How could you not mention that yeah, if you then meet up with your friends? Like, that's going to be the thing on your mind. Exactly. And it I is knew, kind of I a dirty, shameful secret that your dad wrote a horrible... Book. Yeah. But, you know, I've known these guys forever. It's fine. And I can trust like, them. I mean, anything that will make anybody laugh is, like... It's yeah. Dust, and it was right? such a festive atmosphere. It was Christmas. The wine was flowing. And I was like, do you know what? Okay. Fuck it. I'm just going to read it. Anything for a laugh. And they were all like, oh, my God, you got to read it. you got to read it. you got to read it. So it was kind of pip pressure involved as well pressure, but also I feel like that mob mentality where we're like read more read yeah. more because you're <laughs> yeah. only going to read a bit and then yeah read... initially I was like I'll just read like the first like two sentences yeah. and then they were like read more how much did you read that first um Nine. about about a chapter and a bit I think and then we were like we have to stop because we cleared the pub <laughs> everyone left around us we just like shrieking and like shouting vagina and pussy and you know in a really actually quite a posh pub oh yes very well in New London it was yeah it was quite Sort of Richard Curtis style, you know, roaring fire. Yeah, you know, you know the type. Right. Yeah, it's like a scene from Love Actually. Okay. And then with us in the middle of it, scree- screaming. And then, how long after that night did it take for one of or more of you to think you should do something? I feel like we were all sort of gorilla marketeers for Rocky Flintstone because we, after that, everybody we encountered, like be it people at parties or in meetings or you know we were on a job, and we just talk about it because it. I mean, I was yeah. obsessed with it. Yeah, you I were. think we were all just completely enamoured with it, if that's the right word. Um, and then it got to kind of spring, didn't it? And we were like starting to think maybe we should do something with it. And we met, we've always made stuff together. So we've always, yeah. we've been friends for 15 years, but in that time, from the get go, we met at student at the Student TV Society and made short films and then we worked together as interns in TV Was that in prep school or university? University, At university university, Where was that at? At Leeds Okay Um, and then when we became interns we shot stuff and edited it and you know were in it and did various things so this it wasn't sort of a huge leap for the three of us to think oh like what's a fun thing that we could do with this Yeah But you didn't think TV We At first I think we Who'd commission us? Can you imagine? Yeah, I think because we all worked in TV, we knew the hoops you have to yes, ju- exactly. jump through, how much things just don't... Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, how kind of... Uh, we just, yeah, James was right. We would never have got commissioned. And even if it had been, we wouldn't have been able to have the control that we wanted to have in order to make the show that we wanted to make. Yeah. And because it's such a personal story for me, particularly, you know, you really want to keep an ownership over that sort of material. And we, 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 we felt pretty confident in the fact that we um, knew how to make a great... <laughs> just gone. Uh, make a great piece of content that, um, that kind of did this terrible work justice. Yeah. And also, the format we wanted to do with it didn't feel like the right version for television straight away. And there was a moment of, um, you know, Serial had just come out and mm-hmm. podcasting was starting to kind of come to the fore again. And it felt like podcasting and audio might fit this the best because yes. we really we wanted to take it chapter by chapter we wanted to read every word we didn't want to censor it in any way we wanted to read everything yeah. like you had written and be able to sort of like really take 
our time over it if we wanted to and like you know it didn't necessarily fit traditional lengths of episodes or like we didn't know if one episode if one chapter was going to be 90 pages and the next was going to be two right, and yeah. also podcasts have that amazing um, bonus of being lo-fi but being able to have like we had really great production values in that Jamie's a professional editor so you know it's it's a really slick product but we needed three microphones that didn't cost very much and we could do everything ourselves we didn't want to outsource anything we didn't want to have to hire somebody to do something so that we because we're all control freaks so that we could be so is that what also made podcasting more attractive than say a youtube Mm. series there was that but then there was also the element of the content itself and it being pornography and we were like well we don't want to film porn because then that's weird Mm -hmm. so we figured just reading it yeah well yeah but we we, we figured that actually there'd be something quite fun about people being anonymously listening to it Mm -hmm. on their commute and no one knows what you're consuming when it's audio you know it's just through headphones and we'd never made one and we kind of made web series before so we were like oh this is an opportunity to do something that we haven't done before in, in a medium that we felt was growing and that we'd like to kind of have a go at so when you started the podcast did you seek out a network or yeah, um, well around that time as well there were these because um, you mentioned serial so yeah there were, there were these multi podcast yeah. networks popping up and one in particular was called Acast um, oh, yes. who take on podcasts and help them monetize at some point so with, either with ads or with sponsorship so we went with them from the beginning didn't we we kind of they like won. hosted us but they we, hosted we, us. we didn't get any sponsorship ads. on no. it to start with because we sort of wanted to get people in, we didn't really know what the audience expectation was but at that time we were like you know are people going to be put off by loads of sponsorship or loads of ads so we sort of held fire on that until yeah. later about, about, about a year yeah. and also even when we decided oh we can we might stop putting ads on so many companies just wouldn't advertise with us because of the title and because of the content. Well, so. the other the other thing too is that even though you know you're a BBC name, like podcast networks generally want to see stats before they yeah, sign yeah, yeah, a podcast, exactly. and you hadn't done one before. They would, and that's why so I think Acast were great because they really saw the potential in the product. Like, yeah, we just the, the name. First episode, didn't we? But yeah. even the name, like you met one of them just randomly and said, "Oh, we're thinking we're doing a podcast that's called this," and he was like, "That." sounds exactly the sort of thing that we'd be interested in hosting. So I think they had great insight in terms of... It's an um, easy pitch. Yeah, yeah, because it's so self-explanatory in terms of its title, and they kind of, I think, at the time, they were growing their business and wanted kind of noisy titles that they felt could kind of... What was their most popular thing before you guys? God, that's a good question. I don't know, actually. I think they're they're a Swedish company, so maybe something in Sweden um, before they kind of took the leap to the UK. Well, they've said they've said to us and we're really like we were really proud when they said this they were like you were kind of a gateway podcast you brought a lot of people to podcasting not just to my dad wrote a porno mm-hmm. and people have said that to us and we were talking yeah. about it the other day so when we started four years ago whatever it was people would say oh I don't think I have that on my phone and we would take their phone <laughs> swipe to the next page and go that purple square is us and they were like oh right I never knew that was there um, so that was a that sort of process of discovery, we were sort of, um, it was a bit uphill for a while because we were having to point people not only towards a new programme but towards a whole new medium for a lot of people. But yeah, I'm curious, what were 
like I know what the popular podcasts in America were even ten years ago. Yeah. But four or five years ago, what were what was popular well, we in podcasting did, in the UK? We had loved, and this wasn't when we started. This you know was years was probably you know good ten years ago probably now. But we'd loved the Ricky Gervais show. Yeah, I was going to say that was one of the first ones. Yeah. Exactly, which was um, I think they called the, the, they called one series the, the pod the, the Podfather, didn't they? But um, yeah, and they, they kind of there was a big lull, wasn't there? Right. In, the, in the UK, there wasn't really anything. Then a guy called Adam Buxton, um, who was a radio presenter actually in the UK, he started doing one. And do you know the, the TV show QI? Yeah. Um, was before us, I was going to say the Bugle. I was say. Oh, right. I was going to say the Bugle's been around a while now. Yeah, but, but in the UK, BBC Radio really dominated podcasting yeah. for long time. Radio 4 particularly. Yes, um, so around the time, we kind of started at the beginning of a wave where, you know, a lot of independent producers were coming into the space and, yeah, um, yeah starting. So it, it felt like a good time to get into it because now there's so many. I think we got into it at a good time when there weren't as so many and we had a noisy enough title that might come And also through it was narrative and comedy and pals chatting and there wasn't there and definitely sex. wasn't any, and sex there definitely wasn't anything like that was mm. sex education sex education Thank exactly <laughs> and the father son story to more than rival the important nuanced difference there yeah how, when you debuted how many episodes had you already recorded Oh gosh, I can't remember. Yeah. We know, yeah, we always record a decent amount. Yeah, we were very careful about knowing and committing to a release strategy. Mm-hmm. We knew that consistency and distribution was going to be a really important part of growing the podcast. So, so we, we'd done stuff beforehand, particularly on YouTube, where we'd made something and put it. We maybe decided, you know, we'd have a go at something, put one out, and then sort of, a, a month later yeah. try another one. Yeah. You know, there was we just sort of did it mm-hmm. very much for fun and without. And we'd had discussions about the format and uh, you know we got our artwork design and the tone and we got had music commissioned for the theme tune so we 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 got our ducks in order before we started to make sure it had the best kind of shot it could have because I think we had conviction in the idea like we hadn't had an idea for a really long time so perhaps we hadn't done that with other projects that we worked on because we maybe didn't believe in them as much whereas with this we were like this is but you still approach it in terms of seasons rather than this is going to be a weekly show yeah. until we get tired of doing yeah. it. But we, well, we knew that this was the sort of material that you could fatigue quite easily with. Right. You know, and also that they were kind of in books, so they it lent itself to being in seasons. Like one book is a season. Yeah, and I remember saying to my dad, I was like, when we kind of decided to do the podcast, I was like, oh, dad, you know, keep writing, because I think, you know, we think this could be really good. And he was like, well, I've already written four. I was like, you've written four? When? Like, since what? Since last week? What? Um, so he kind of had been writing for a while like, mm-hmm. as, it, as it transpired. So we knew we had kind of a bank of books, but we also knew that it was a finite you know, amount of material. It wasn't going to last forever. So that was kind of part of the strategy to just have it, do it once a year, have a season, and and then just disappear and be away long enough for people to miss you. And I think that kind of helps grow the brand as well. So what was the reaction for the first season like? I know you mentioned that just getting the word out about podcasting was mm, was a chore, but... Not so much a... Well, I mean, a chore, yes, but uh, just kind of a hurdle, really, whereas it, it was more just in comparison to doing TV or YouTube, where people would be like, I know what you're talking about. I don't know if we were lucky or it was a good time or it just, you know, hit a moment. It or, hit something. But we were quite, quite quickly. Episode three, two, yeah. three we, we felt like we found... I remember going on the, the top 
like hundred, like, like you know, the chart. Yeah. Like the, like the the first week we put it out there. Are you talking we, about the iTunes chart? Yeah. Or some other chart. Okay. Oh yeah, the story. Yeah, the iTunes chart, the UK one, and we were like number ninety-seven or something. That was like the third day we released it, and we were like, woohoo! I remember calling James and being like, maybe there's only like a hundred, like okay, like because it was so new still. Like we really didn't know sure. how to measure that, um, and then it just kind of grew and got was. And I remember just thinking, oh, this is like getting to the top and then when we hit number one it was like oh my god was Acast sharing actual, like hard stats with you guys we get or were you like, asking for them they, they have a back end that you could, that can access as a podcaster mm-hmm. and it has location data and stats on Demo. numbers but not really a great deal more than that it's kind of whatever they can glean from other and iTunes famously is quite yes. uh, yeah, but, yeah. but since you you know or since you work in the biz you know, you're already probably ratings focused, or your bosses are. Yeah. So, to be honest with you, it was never you... so much about that. We we just really wanted to make the best show we could make, and um, the audience. It, we always thought about our audience and kind of were mindful of who they would be and what we were catering them, catering for them. But we weren't obsessed with. We were more like interested in the anecdotal or, stuff, the, yeah. quant- the qualitative stuff on like Twitter of people talking about it and yeah. tweet like this is the that best thing I've ever heard. I think we were interested in the the geo data was really interesting. Yeah, that to was us. interesting. Mainly because initially we thought of ourselves as so quintessentially British, we weren't sure if it would it kind of leap out of that mm-hmm. bubble. And then when we realised that the US was a big market and also Scandinavia was really big, we Australia. Were like, yeah. So uh, Vatican City, let's we forget. Um, maybe only two in Vatican City, but we'll take it. Um, so yeah, it might be the Pope or just someone on holiday. We don't know. Yeah, please, do, please don't drill down into that statistic. Um, but yeah, that was really exciting because I think we suddenly thought, oh shit, yeah, of course, of course, it's a global medium, but we. And then the yeah. third app Elijah Wood tweeted about us, which was a bit of a... Oh, great, okay. And it was something we could show that... It, there was a it legitimized about it, like, it in a way. Yeah, yeah I was just about to ask if there was a moment or a person or a yeah. media outlet that... Yeah, it was, was Elijah, for yeah. sure. The he fact was, it was in America, the fact it was so early on, was a real... Okay, this is this feels okay. like something now. It feels like people are talking about it. Yeah, and then he became our first guest on the show, and kind of, and because of him, really, the footnotes were born in a way. Mm. Once he came on, people got in, got everyone came out of the woodwork being like, "Oh, actually, I like, the show. I like the show." Like as soon as you've got somebody who's legit and you know well respected, as soon as they're on board, other people are like, "Oh, that actually sounds quite fun." I want yeah, <laughs> if Frodo can take on this adventure, <laughs> exactly right. Because the initial talk about one ring to rule them all. <laughs> the initial thought was that they came and read the chapter with us, and then we were like, "Well, that doesn't work. That kind of breaks up our dynamic." So yeah, and then we ended yeah. up kind of adding a spin-off, which was just in the rest of what other ways, work, basically. What other ways did the exposure and the the audience change the way you approached? the episode it didn't very and we've little. been very <laughs> mindful of that because I think I think, and this I think is because of our broadcast background as well you have to be really really wary with a format the minute you start tinkering with things and like upscaling a production because it's be, not because it needs it but because it's grown in the culture or because it's a bigger well, show or there's more budget or whatever yeah that it, it's a very dangerous game that because you, you can lose the essence of what makes the show special and unique and popular no, there, so, are, there are podcasts in, in here in America that have 
tried to make the leap to TV and some failed miserably. Yeah, yeah. Because and even just as different. Yeah, and we kind of were, have always been very aware of that and we are kind of very anal about strategy and always have been. I think, and that's because I think we have worked in this industry for so long. We've seen things be flash in the pan in terms of TV shows, be everything, you know, everyone's talking about it, but really hot then just disappears. And we, we, we wanted this to be a sustainable show that could. Jamie wants to be reading a start to form for you know, decades to come, so we, didn't, we really didn't. Well, there's enough it. commentary, it can go slow <laughs> enough that so you can no, I, get I'll through probably, only a few pages an hour. Yeah, exactly. For decades, I'm definitely tapping out. I'm, just, I'm saying that now. So, at what moment did you decide, okay, as a group, you're ready to think about other formats such as this, this TV yeah. special? Well, I feel like some of our guests on the show. As, a, as sort of naturally organically on the on the footnotes episodes, we'd started talking about you know film had come up and people had said, oh, it's you know it's got to be put on the big screen. And right, we we'll play Belinda. Exactly, right, exactly. And inevitably because we had all these actors that were on the show, that was a thing that we ended up talking and about. And they so, were like bagsying roles, yeah. right? And so that, is that where the audio comes from in the beginning of the HBO yes. special? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that I guess. I mean, that organically sort of started the chat, didn't, didn't it? Yeah. That, but. Yeah. And then we were offered to uh, do a, a live podcast recording at the London Podcast Festival. Uh, and we talked about it. We were like, how can we didn't want to um, do live shows for our podcast. It just didn't feel like the right tone. We wanted to keep the intimacy of the kitchen table. So, like, the live reading just straight didn't up. really work for our for us. And um, so, like, how can we make it more of a show? How can we make it more of a production? And it was an opportunity to do something quite different, make it more visual. So you passed on the podcast festivals? No, no, we did it. But oh, we okay. just did, we didn't just do a straight read. We we tried to do a show. Tried to make it a show. So quite a lot of people are. Um, a lot of the podcasts that we all subscribe to, their setup is very much like a desk, you know, a few mics, but you've got a, you've got a crowd there. Right. Whereas we felt like it needed to have another dimension to justify its existence. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure. I guess we felt like it wouldn't have made a better listen for our podcast lot, for our podcast crowd, if it had just been what they usually get plus. Noise. Plus. Noise, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of what you get, isn't it? It's just that extra noise and not as good as sound quality. And you're like, eh. So yeah, we knew that we wanted to do something a little bit more in the vein of a comedy show as opposed to a yeah. podcast show. Mm. How many of those did you do? We did three, and they were kind of our like testing grounds. Yeah, yeah, they were like workshopping what we could do. And, and yeah, and, and then from that, we um, felt secure enough in the show that we built to then take it on the road. Plus got a sense that, that there was an appetite and an audience for live versions of yeah, podcasts. That, that was new as well. Quickly, yeah. That's also a really good sort of litmus test for us. We what like, kind of venue was that? Um, it was only about a 450 seat. Uh, it's called King's Place in London. It's near King's Cross Station. And um, it's a, like small enough... Big enough for us to be like, oh my god! I remember just walking in the room and we were like, oh, like wow! Huge. But then because it, it sold out in like two minutes or something, and then we realised, okay, there's obviously a demand there, and then we put on two extra shows, which also sold out really quickly. And then and then and then we took it on the road and we toured, you know, we did the world tour, we played the Sydney Opera House and the Royal Albert Hall and all these amazing venues. And it was actually at one of those shows that HBO came to. That we did a show, we did a few shows here actually, at, at, yeah, at the Town Hall Theatre. Um, about, about a year ago, actually, and uh, HBO came along, and um, and they offered us the, the special, and we kind of 
really, we were obviously really flattered, but we thought quite long and hard about what a TV version could be and what we would want it to be and why we'd want it to, to, to do it or whatever. Um, How different is, is what people see on HBO compared to... The it's, regular, the non-televised live shows. We finessed the live show yeah. for two years, and then finally we were like, we're ready for HBO now. We were in rehearsals for two years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with audiences. Um, yeah, it's, it's sort of the best of the best, and actually a thing that we uh, not so much struggled with, but was very much in our minds was, this has to be an amazing introduction if you've never heard any of Rocky's right. work before, but also if you're a fan, this is supposed to be our celebration with the fans that have helped to get us to HBO, mm. so we think that this is real, like, great Flintstone 101, yeah. don't we? <laughs> and also, because, like, the show that we do on the, for the live show and the HBO show, because that was never going to be on the podcast feed, we were like, it would be nice to have a version that will be there forever, that if you couldn't get to the show, you'd be able to enjoy that chapter yeah. without... Because it's you know, not part of exactly, any of the Exactly, because it was never going to be... Yeah, it isn't part of the books, it was never going to be on the podcast feed, so it's, we thought it would be a nice kind of way to memorialise it properly, to be like, okay, you can, now you can... Everyone can see it. Um, yeah, and we're, and we're super proud of it. So now that you've done it... That's it, good night. Yeah. <laughs> and we would tie it, thank you. Well, what, um, is, what is the sense? Well, now, I mean, I know it's, it's kind of early because it hasn't aired yet. Yes, yeah. yeah well, next, next week. <laughs> right, so you don't know what the... That's HBO next week. You don't know what uh, the critical slash yeah, yeah, mass exactly. reaction is to yeah. it. Yeah. But our, our next focus, actually, we're already talking about it and putting dates in, is book five, because we're going to do another season of the podcast. And we always say the podcast is the thing for us. It's the it's the thing we feel most passionate about. It's the thing that's created everything else. Yeah. Um, and we're, we've kind of compartmentalised things a little bit. We're not very good at doing more than one thing at once. Um, so in the first instance, yeah, it's full steam ahead of the podcast now and kind of, yeah, seeing how it goes down, seeing what comes next and taking it kind of as it comes. Well, hopefully next year. We're touring next year as well. We're going to do another world tour next okay, year. Okay, for 2020? Yeah. 2020. We're doing Radio City Music Hall. Oh, very nice. Mm, which we're very excited it's about. it's a big deal. I mean, yeah. like, we're really concerned about it. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, 5,099. You, know, 5, <laughs> you, know, yeah, you need to fill some... Uh, well, that many people at least share one HBO password, so... Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> we, if we can get that all staffer email sent out, that would be... Do you... Um, <laughs> Do you worry about what happens when your dad does stop writing? No. Um, oh, he's got I mean, far beyond that. So I, mean, I, I know Alice is already said she's anyway. almost tired of I'm doing out, this out. already. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was like book, book one, episode one. I mean, I, I just don't remember anything. It's all fresh to me, so... <laughs> yeah. No, wait, we'll never catch up with him. No, and he... he it's not what's... a George R.R. R. Martin situation? No, no. no where you'll surpass the books and then have to... No. Yeah, exactly. We need the material. <laughs> I think what's, what's great as well is that kind of he... Dad has his own path. Way, you know, he's writing these books, he's doing his own he thing, has his own um, and so kind of it's a nice little companion piece mm-hmm. in this world that he's created. So, um, so yeah, I don't think we'll ever run out of material. He, he is he's in it for the long haul, and and I guess I didn't ask why Rocky Flintstone. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great question. We ask that every, I wake up and think that every day. I mean, it's a very American pastiche yeah. of pop yeah. culture. Yeah. Well, it's well, so the Rockies from the Rockford Files. I don't know if you're familiar with that TV okay. show. Okay, yes. My dad loves that show. He James, loves James Garner, Garner in the 1970s. Exactly. Not, not Rocky. Not Bobo. Rocky Balboa, no. I know. Um, and we then, did star in a soft porn. Did he? Really? Did, before oh, so Rocky. 
Flintstones. I don't know what the Flintstones. I don't think they ever. No, no. I think although Bam Bam did went off the rails. Slag Hoople. No, the aunt in the, in the Flintstones. Her, yeah. her character name is something Pearl Pepper Slag Hoople. So mm. do, do you you do the maths on that? Okay. Um, but Dad was a geologist. That's what he studied at university. So oh. I think there's something to do with like the stones and the flint. And and the, it's actually quite clever, isn't it? When you think about it, give him more credit, guys. Come on. <laughs> We All right. Well, yeah, I think it's time for Belinda Blink, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I oh, really appreciate it. So nice talking to you. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first. Last things first.